Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I coined the term FOMO. That's short for fear of missing out, and it's why some people end up following the crowd. But we're not like them. We're part of a new species that isn't afraid to do things differently. I call us FOMO sapiens. And this is the show where you'll meet people like us, phenomenal FOMO sapiens, to learn how they find the courage and the ideas to live exceptional lives. FOMO. FOMO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to FOMO Sapiens, the show for people who don't just follow the crowd, but instead take their own path to success in business and in life. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night, and of course, FOMO Sapiens 24-7. Now, we are at the end of season eight, The Bold Thinkers, and as I mentioned last week when we talked to Mike Ott, I wanted to end the season with a couple of stories that I found particularly inspiring. And Mike told us about his recovery from being a quadriplegic and how it's changed his perspective on the world. Now, my guest today also suffered a spinal cord injury, and unfortunately, he hasn't been able to recover in the same way as Mike. He has not been able to regain the ability to walk, for example, but he has taken the experience, the journey, and he has turned it into a business that is really interesting, and it's actually changing the world for people like him all the people around the world who want to travel, but unfortunately, given the the realities of the travel industry, they just can't do that. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk about how Alvaro Silberstein is building an accessible travel company for explorers like him. So Alvaro is the co-founder of Wheel the World, an online marketplace for people with disabilities and seniors to book accessible trips. A Chilean entrepreneur, public speaker, and passionate disability advocate, he created the company in 2018 to empower millions of people to explore the world without limits. He received his undergraduate degree in information technology and engineering from Universidad Católica de Chile, and had, look at that show off. That's such a flex, sorry. And has an MBA from the University of California, Berkeley Haas School of Business. I did not say California, but I was kind of tempted. And on this episode, you're gonna learn how an accident left him largely paralyzed and his travels afterwards with his friends trying to do the things that they did inspired an idea for a business. We're also gonna talk about something we talked about in the past, which is how do you convince people who have no experience you know, living as a person with disabilities who wants to travel, how do you convince the VCs, for example, that this is a good business in which to invest? Because they'll just, I can imagine it now. It's like you walk in the room and they're like, well, that market's not big enough. And so how do you get them over the hump? And finally, because Alvaro is from Chile and his team is there and he's building this business, which has a large footprint there, we're going to talk about the opportunities and challenges of being a Latin American entrepreneur and having a team in the region. So I think that's really interesting. As some of you may know, the FOMO Sapiens team is largely in Latin America. I believe in building a global team and the way that Alvaro talks about it's really interesting. All right, now my small ask, again, end of the year, holidays. So just share, share something, share a piece of pie, share a thought or idea, share a story, share an episode of FOMO Sapiens, and then encourage the person to like and subscribe. Just share. <laughs> All right. 
And now onto the episode. As you know, I start every interview with the same question, and I did not skip that question for Alvaro. So I started with this. What's a formative decision that you've had to make to get to where you are today? So my, my always my dream uh, and my professional desires were, was to become an entrepreneur. And, and for many years, I, I delayed that decision because I was too young, because I was not experienced enough, uh, because I had other opportunities in my life that I had to pursue at that specific moment. And the most formative decision that I made is just go for it and do it. No matter what happened, no matter what was, what were the opportunity costs uh, of taking that decisions. I'm happy now on the on the path that I that I pursue and, and in the position that I am today with with Wheel of the World. Yeah, you know the, the the word opportunity cost is such a good word. I'm glad you brought that out because you have a very kind of classical business background. You, you come from Chile, you grew up in Latin America, you went to your undergraduate there, you studied engineering, you worked in consulting, then you came and did your MBA from Berkeley. And now you're doing something that's highly entrepreneurial, but it's also really personal. And so I want to start with the personal. Tell us what Will the World is and how did you come up with this idea? Yes, um, Will the World in one sentence is the booking.com or the Expedia for people with disabilities to find and book accessible travel experiences from places to stay to multi-day trips. And, and the story about Wheel the World is that um, I'm today I'm 37 years old. When I was 18 years old, I, had, I was part of a car accident. I broke my neck at level C5. Since that moment, I I have my body paralyzed from the chest down. I move partially my arms. So I don't move the fingers of my hands. And I realized how inaccessible the world is and all the opportunities that we have misunderstood or misfocused to, to make the world accessible for people with disabilities. One of them is how people travel, right? And I always wanted to become an entrepreneur, as I already mentioned you. And I went to do a and I went to business school in, in Berkeley. And my essay was I want to become an entrepreneur to solve problems for people with disabilities. Because at some point I realized that I was facing uh, problems uh, regarding disabilities because I had one and I was figuring out all the challenges that I had to, to face given my disability. So I realized that if I would become an entrepreneur, it would be related to solve problems for people with disabilities because I was looking for opportunities there all the time. And, and the opportunity around the world, wheel the world, uh, came by accident because with my good friend today, my co-founder, Camilo, we started organizing a trip to a place that I always dreamed to visit. That is Torres del Paine in Patagonia, in Chile. And I feared for many years that it was impossible for me to, to, to travel to this place given the lack of accessibility of, of this travel destination. But with Camilo, we started figuring out on how to do this trip. We found that there was like zero information about accessibility. There was zero information about what were the accessible accommodations, how we would move around, etc. We realized that we needed a special equipment to do the trip that we wanted to do, that is the W trek in Patagonia. This special equipment is a hiking wheelchair that, uh, that would allow my friends 
to push me around the trails of Patagonia. And long story short, we we achieved to to organize this trip, and I became the first person ever in a winter to complete the W trek in Patagonia. And our story went viral. Many people uh, knew about this, and we started being reached by many people with different disabilities and people that are family members of people with disabilities, saying, oh, how cool that trip that Alvaro did. I also want to do it. And with Camilo, we were not a company, not an organization, nothing. We just wanted other people to repeat this trip. And we started organizing this trip to other people because we basically uh, had the information on how to do it, right? Uh, and, and, and while we were organizing this trip to other people for six to eight months, we achieved like more than uh, 60 people to repeat that trip to Torres del Paine. We realized that the opportunity was way larger than because people with disabilities were facing many other challenges to plan a trip. Uh, not only to the end of the world, like in Patagonia, but also to find accessibility of accommodations in New York or book activities in Barcelona. So that's when we came with the idea of founding Wheel the World that has the purpose to make the world accessible. And we are building a platform so people can find and book uh, accessible travel experiences with all the information they need to know about accessibility. FOMO. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to NetSuite.com slash FOMO. That's NetSuite.com slash FOMO. NetSuite.com slash FOMO. To the bem, meus queridos FOMO sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. FOMO. What's incredible about that story, for those of you who may be you know, listening, who, who haven't been in Patagonia, I have been to the Argentina part, not the Chile part, and we can have a fight about which one's better, but they're both pretty awesome. But the Torres del Paine, if I'm not mistaken, it's if you look at the label of a Patagonia vest, 
that imagery is of the Chilean part of Patagonia. So this is a really incredibly, you know, mountainous terrain. Even if you, you know, were 21 years old and weren't in a wheelchair, you would probably struggle to get up there. So the feat that you achieved was incredible. And in doing so, you, you, you kind of like validated the market that you were seeking to address, which is like what any good entrepreneur does. Now, when you're talking about this, I, I'm thinking to myself, and we know this is the case, right? Like so many times you have a huge market, but because the people who are investing or starting businesses are not part of that market, they completely ignore it. And we had on this, uh, on this podcast a couple of years back now, a woman named Kate Ryder, the CEO of Maven. So everybody go back and listen to that one. And basically her point was like, it was, she's coming up with a company for female healthcare and all the male VCs would say, Oh, but like, how big could that market be? And she was like, well, it's bigger than the one for male healthcare. So, you know, just like, come on guys. And so that's where I want to start with you because I'm sure as you started thinking this through and you started talking to investors, they're like, they have, they probably didn't even know how to think about this. So how big is the market that you serve? Okay. Let's go to the, uh, to the broader, uh, um, concept about the market of people with disabilities, okay? And then we are going to go into the specifics about travel. So we tell investors that disabilities are an emerging market larger than China. And that's true because the disposable income of families with disabilities in the world is $13 trillion. And that's basically larger than the GDP of China. That is pretty much... Uh, $12 trillion. There's 1 billion people in the world that has disabilities, okay? And if you consider that at least there's one person directly related with someone who has disability, there's an extra 1 billion people that they don't have a disability, but they're directly related to them, so they also uh, need accessibility. And accessibility affects their lives, right? So, at least 30% of the world's population is affected by accessibility. And this is going to continue increasing because um, by 2050, life expectations will be that we will live on average 130 years. And that, that means that the percentage of people with disabilities in the world will be not 15%, will be 30%. So... We, we like to inspire people saying like disabilities is the only minority that sooner or later all of us will be part of. It's just that some of us uh, got to this world uh, sooner than others, uh, but we need to do something about it because uh, there's a lot of things to gap, gaps to close uh, regarding accessibility. In the travel uh, space, we are... Basically, we are focusing in the U.S. market, so like 80% of the of the 2,000 people that has booked trips with us come from the U.S. Uh, and people with disabilities in in the U.S. Uh, are spending pretty much 20 billion dollars every year in travel. They do pretty much 40 million trips every year, and they travel on average with with a companion. And this is increasing pretty much 12% year over year. And the the main thing about this market is that most of them are having really bad experiences u- using the conventional services that anyone use when booking a trip. If you think about the 
the common OTAs like Expedia, Booking.com, or BNB, uh, or going directly. And basically, it's because current services, they don't know about accessibility, and they haven't designed and customized the services uh, that they offer for the needs of people with disabilities. And they haven't raised the information, the detailed information about accessibility of travel services. So that's pretty much what we are doing and how we are like entering the market uh, to address this market. Now, as you think about scaling, you just said it right at the end. It's like people are not necessarily, or a lot of people aren't offering services that address a specific market. So how much of what you're doing is, in order to really grow this thing, is you going and seeking out suppliers that are able to, you know, provide already, they're doing it, maybe they're just not, you know, doing it in a way that is reaching a larger audience. How much is it is that versus like you going out and getting existing suppliers to change their offering or amplify their offering in order to address uh, travelers with disabilities? Yes. So the first two years when we started operating, this is 2018 and 2019, we actually designed those travel experiences that we offered. So we were choosing specific destinations that we wanted to design a travel experience that included accommodation, ground transportation and activities with local operators. We trained them, we figured out on how to adjust uh, accessibility and the services, and, and we started offering those services. And we, in two years, we had pretty much 20 destinations that we offered and we uh, and we achieved pretty much uh, we 500 people traveling with us then we raised our first round of funding and 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 we we started saying okay how we can grow this and we realized that we needed to start uh, getting more supply of travel experiences hotels tours and activities remotely and we built an app to collect data points of accessibility through people that went to do site inspections so we can list more offering our platform. And between 2020 and now, uh, we've been doing this, uh, and we say that it's the heavy lifting because we we find mappers at those destinations uh, that are part of our community. Many times they, they, do, they do this up, up, uh, as volunteers. Many other times we pay them to do site inspections and to collect the data points through the app that we built to find, to, to collect these data points for us. Uh, and we are growing this. And today we have pretty much more than 1,000 listings in, in, in 100 different uh, destinations around the world. And now we are in phase three on how we can uh, uh, incentivize uh, travel operators and hotel chains to do it themselves and to auto-list themselves to wheel the world without us doing all the effort and all the investment. Uh, and, and, and we are achieving this because we built like a seal of certification that once we collect the, those data points, we provide hotels and tours and activities, an online assessment on how their accessibility is regarding standards and how they can improve it. So we are building these incentives so they can auto-list themselves at willtheworld.com so we can scale better and scale faster. Uh, this is working in a, in a shorter scale, fo very focused on, on specific destinations that we want to build more, more supply. And moving forward, we envision to 
to scale this with more marketing and more content so so many more uh, suppliers can list to wheeltheworld.com. FOMO. FOMO. I'm curious, you mentioned those first couple of years, you actually built the experiences yourself. So I'd love to just hear from you. I'd love to get an idea of the kind of really cool experience that you were able to build for people who could have never had the ability to do that before. Yeah, so we started in Latin America because our network of people initially was was there. And let me put you a, 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 an example of the second destination that was on board that was basically other destination that I always dreamed to visit, that is Easter Island in Chile. This little island with these big statues. And we figured out what every person, every traveler that went to visit this place do. And they they do a tour around the statues. They do a bicycle experience around the island. They go to the beach. They do scuba diving or, or, or snorkeling. So we said, okay, Let's enable these experiences for people who has who are wheelchair users or they have physical disabilities. So we did some uh, we fundraised some some equipment, some bicycles uh, that are that you can manu- uh, you can crank with your arms. Uh, we brought there to the islands uh, uh, two beach wheelchairs. We train operators and we. Uh, design a travel experience of like pretty much five days that included, of course, alternatives of accessible accommodations. Uh, we work with a transportation uh, company uh, putting a ramp to adapting a, a vehicle with a ramp and with tie-downs so people in wheelchairs can go around the island. And, and the different activities that we uh, listed were biking activities, tours in the in the uh, around the Moais, the statues, a beach day with these beach wheelchairs, and and we also train an operator to do scuba diving and snorkeling in the uh, in the ocean. And we list this on on wheeltheworld.com, and we started to have traction. People that were interested in and and starting booking trips. So that's what that's one of of the cool examples of of experiences that we onboarded uh, in our early days. Wow. That's amazing. It's, it's like history making, I have to think, right? You know, bringing people to Easter Island who couldn't have gone before. Now, you, you mentioned earlier that you've raised venture capital. And I'm really interested. And, in, you know, as you tell the story, because I can only imagine that some people just say to you, you know, Alvaro, go to only the funds that are like the social impact investors, which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, you know, you are attacking a huge market. And so, you know, you should be able to raise money from anyone. And so what has that process been like? Like, how much money have you raised? How have you thought about telling that story? What's this, the kind of feedback that you've gotten as you've gone along? And what have you learned in that process? Yes, I mean, I, I think that raising funds is always hard. Or most of the times it's super difficult in the market that we are of absolutely but in also in other ones. Uh, we started funding ourselves with a lot of grants, taking that opportunity that we were like doing something very different with a social impact, impact component that allowed us to, to raise some grants. And we raised our seed round of funding two years uh, later, we founded the company uh, and we raised a 2 million seed round. Uh, with with VCs and, and angel investors included, for example, 
uh, Susan Watsigi, who is uh, the, CEO, the CEO of YouTube. And, and it was tough. We received many no's. We also were, um, we, we received a lot of feedback about the valuation. We talked to many other entrepreneurs. We started talking with many other entrepreneurs to understand how to, how to raise money and how to build a network of investors. And we thought it will take us like between three to five months to, to raise the, our first round of funding. And we, it took us at the end of the day, like one year, right? Then COVID arrived. And as you can imagine, COVID times were super tough for us. We were very efficient on spending the, the, the money and, and, and we survived and we started growing again, starting pretty much uh, May, June 2021. Uh, and we had like a, an aggressive curve of growth between then and now. And now we are like experiencing and, and very close to close our, our pre-series A of funding. For example, with investors as Gillian Tans, who is the former CEO of Booking.com. It is tough. It takes a lot of time. I have a, a, a founder, Camilo, and for many months, we decided that one of us focused on fundraising and, and, the, and the other one of us in operations, given that it takes a lot of time. It's frustrating. Many times you, have, you receive a lot of no's. But at the end of the day, uh, if, you, if you can show good uh, growth track, if you're convinced of on what you are doing and, and, and a special thing that, that we have that, that, that benefit us is that uh, investors realize that there's nobody better than us to solve the problem that we are trying to solve, right? And we, and we take that in our advantage. And so far, it's, uh, we've been like successful on, on raising the money that we need so far. And also we've been very uh, efficient and very responsible on how to uh, invest that money and to generate value and to, and to generate growth uh, that at the end of the day is the cost of why investors invest money, right? FOMO. FOMO. Yeah, it's so true. You got to have the growth. And what's interesting about your model and why I was I just so enjoyed learning about it is because there is massive impact, right? We've been talking about this our whole conversation. You're a, a for-profit company going after a large market, but at the same time, you're generating huge impact, right? And so I, you know, how do you think about that relationship, right? Like, how do you think about, because obviously in order to grow and create a market, you can't just be only profit centric and try to like, oh, you know, that just doesn't make sense either. Do you ever see, is there a trade-off between impact and growth or, or you, can you kind of achieve them both at the same time? I'm really curious how you think about that. In our case, our business and economic metrics are directly related with our impact metrics. Why? Because each person that travels with us is the one who brings the revenue, right? So, in that case, uh, we don't have to make too many trade-offs because it's totally aligned our impact with our with our with our business metric. Yes, you need to many times make decisions. For example, are we going to uh, to charge more to our clients because we have such a differentiative uh, differentiative product, right? Uh, and, and, and an impact decision will be no, right? Because we want to, uh, to we want them to spend 
the same as anyone else spent to do a trip like that one. And that's the decision that we made, right? So many times you have to do that decisions. And luckily in our case, uh, our investors had agreed with them and we've been aligned. But also when you have aligned, as, as, I, as I said, the business with the impact is much more easy. That's really important. I, I do want to just stop there for a sec because the fact that you sort of figured out what your core values were going in, we're not going to charge more to a customer just because we have to give a different service. I mean, when you have that alignment up front, then your investors and you can agree that that's what you do and that's how you run the business. Now, another thing that is really interesting, and I don't want to be remiss about mentioning it, is that you know you are from Chile, your co-founders from Chile. And you have built your team. Obviously, you're in the U.S., but I, I, you have I'm just looking. I was doing a little snooping on LinkedIn. You have lots of team members in Chile, which is great because you can get good talent, great talent, at a more affordable price. And you can also just offer really cool experience to developers and team members uh, in Latin America to work on a global company. So, how do you think about that as you build your company? The role of you know having a team that's global and having, you know, a really strong base in your, in, down in Latin America? Yes, we, we decided to, to build a, a remote first company even before the pandemic, right? We said, okay, let's, I, I had to move for a long period of time to, to, to back to Chile. Camilo uh, was still in San Francisco. And, and we said, okay, let's build our team remotely. And, and that opened our opportunities to, 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 to acquire talent at the end of the day. My network working in tech was in Santiago, in Chile. So I had access to engineers and to UX people much more in Latin America compared to the US. And also to be super honest, it's also like um, cost effective because salaries in Latin America are, are, are um, or better said, cost of livings in Latin America are are lower than in the U.S., so that allow us to to need to need less uh, investment, right? Uh, and 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 we also always dream to be uh, to build a team that was diverse in terms of nationalities, in terms of locations, because we always think on a service that was worldwide, was not only for a specific nationality or people who worked in a specific people who lived in a specific place. So building a diverse team allowed us to also build a service that is diverse and is for everyone. Also, it has some cons, right? Like when you are 10 people, like it's great to be all of them in the same city, going to the same place every day. But, but it, it also has some pros that you can have access to people that are passionate about what you are building uh, everywhere in the world. Yeah, I love the fact that you were remote even before COVID because then the transition was pretty easy. And you're so right. As somebody who's owned, my team is global with Latin America and Africa and the US. You can get amazing people. And with technology, you can, you can still be very, very close and very, very connected. Now, if you want to learn more about Wheel of the World, go to wheeloftheworld.com or you can find on Instagram. The account is at wheeloftheworld. If you want to find out more about Alvaro Silberstein, you can find him on Instagram at A-L-V-A-S-I-L. Alvaro, co-founder of Wheel of the World, thanks so much for being here. Thank you very much, Patrick, for the invitation. Great to, to be part of the FOMO Sapiens podcast. 
FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO Sapiens is recorded in New York City. Theme music is by Mike McGinnis, and editing and post-production is by Josh Elstro. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me at FOMOSapiens.com and at PatrickMcGinnis.com. To advertise on FOMO Sapiens, reach out to contact at FOMOSapiens.com. FOMO. FOMO.